Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live from Stastny Twin Peaks location. Just come on out here and hang out with us. Start the weekend a little bit early. But if you can't get to the Twin Peaks Stastny location, get to, uh, get to the Twin Peaks near you. There's one near you, I guarantee you, at the Round Rock location or the San Marcos location. It is 512 Friday for us. We play jams from local bands and artists that you have a chance to hear live right here in the ATX. Who are we listening to right now, Patrick? This is the Archangels, Austin Music Legends. They are playing Tonight up at the hot spots. Oh yeah, the hot spot. Hard, you know what that is? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's up there. Oh, you mean the other one? Yeah, that's up there at Cedar Park. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that's, that's another place that's right across the street from where you were when you went to the crossover. That exit. Oh that really? You took oh, is it to right there? Off. It's right there. Oh, that's like, right. that yeah. is actually in your hood. It's then. right there. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were just joking yeah. around. No. Oh, that's, that's hard to say. I know what's happening. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you can always, uh, if you missed uh, any of these selections by my man Patrick for Five One Two Friday, go to hornfm.com. Uh, he listed them there, so don't even worry about it. You got uh, the entire weekend and also uh, the rest of the show. He'll hook you up with some uh, some more selections. All right. Before we get to our uh, breakdown, the Cowboys matchup with the Minnesota Vikings, let me remind the folks for our pregame, we're going to be out tomorrow, 10.30 a.m., Lavaca Street Bar, the OG, the one downtown, all right, the actual OG one downtown. We'll be out there for the pregame from 10.30 to 1.30, and then we start up our pregame watch party. Then we actually have the watch party, all right. So uh, we'll be out there basically from 10.30 to uh, the rest of the game, throughout the rest of the game. So come on out there if you need somewhere to watch the game, you want some. Uh, friendly confines uh, you want to be able to watch the game with a lot of Longhorn family and friends uh, that's going to be the spot where the Horn watch party will be held okay let's get to the Cowboys discussion here Harge because uh, I've been doing more research <laughs> alright you know that's what I do I will say the more research I do I feel better about the Cowboys in the matchup versus the Vikings because yeah. I do believe the Vikings are an <laughs> hard to say overrated because that's not the right word that's not fair I do believe they out are of, to be had. No, out of all the eight and one teams, all right, in NFL history, you go look at all the eight and one teams throughout history. They are probably one of the weakest eight and one teams in NFL history. That's probably a better, more accurate. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. Right? They're, they're probably one of the more weak eight and one teams. Go look at. It. First of all, they've been in a ton of one score games. We talked about it yesterday. Look at how their record is set up. Seven and zero in close games. Yeah. Uh, they're 5-0 and in potential fourth-quarter comeback opportunities. Mm-hmm. By the way, that means that basically the game is within one score in the fourth quarter. By the way, the rest of the NFL is 40-89-1 in fourth-quarter comeback opportunities. The Minnesota Vikings are 5-0. and Yeah. 5-0. and They have three games when they have 
basically come back from trailing down double digits to win the game. They were down 10 in three different games. How about this? Minnesota has won three games when trailing by double digits, down 10 to the Lions, Bills, and the Commanders. They had three such comeback wins in the previous 11 seasons. And now they have three of those in seven games. Yeah. In their last seven games. That's crazy. That is that is unheard of. And that I don't know if it's of. sustainable either. That's kind of my thing. It's well, unheard of, and I don't know if it's sustainable. This is this is the game that I think that we decide who the Minnesota Vikings are and who the Dallas Cowboys are. This game is basically a pick 'em with a. Uh, um, it is, yeah. You know what I'm saying? With yeah. an eight and one team going against a six and three team. Yeah. So when you look at how it's broken down. It may be Fugazi, right? You just said it. It's probably one of those things. And they're in a one-score game. Besides the first game of the year where they destroyed. That's it. The second game in which they lost. But every game after that, they were in a one-score game. Which, yeah, which you got to give them props because they know how to win those. they won those games. They win those one-score games. But to your, to, their, to your point, if Minnesota beats the Cowboys by – one possession, meaning one to eight points, right? Yep. One possession in the NFL. Yep, yep, yep. Been, they would set the NFL record as the only team to ever win eight straight games by one possession. Last season, they played 12 straight, straight one possession games. Tied, by the way, for the third longest streak in the NFL that's history. Last year. In the history of the league. So and now they're still playing. They're still play. so, so this yep. is who they are. Yep. They, were, they, they are. were the same they're team last the year. Game close. It's gonna be close. Last year they were six and six. Right. In those twelve straight uh one possession games. But now five and oh in so, those games. So that means to me, as a pick'em game, do you you roll the dice and say well, we need to stay with what they've been I doing. I know, the hot hand, you know right? What I'm saying? The hot hand, or do you bank on odds? The yes. odds are saying one time this is going to end. Exactly. So this is unsustainable. You guys are teetering exactly. on the brink exactly. of collapse. And you're playing against a quality opponent that has skilled players that can go out there and make plays. Agreed. So it's like, okay, are the Cowboys going to sulk from what they went through last year? Or are they going to come out and say, you know, I mean, last, last week? Or are they going to come out and say, you know what, we're going to run the ball. We're going to go back to our original game plan hmm. of running the football and not making Dak throw it 39 times in a game. Yeah. no, I Make them yeah. run the football, control the clock. Same thing we've been talking about for a lot of teams around here. Time for the Texas exactly. game plan, too, versus exactly. the Kansas. <laughs> so why are you going to get outside of your skis, go with what got you to this party? And I believe, to your point, that goes to show that they can sustain this. That goes to show that they are more than willing to play a one-possession oh, game. Oh, no, they, yeah. Because they, like they know I will take my chances on us winning those yeah. as opposed to us losing. But I love what you said. The odds tell us it's, something's got to give. Like I said, it's just <laughs> uh, to give you another stat as to how, you know, how rare this is and how unsustainable it is for the Vikings. Not saying they're not a good team, but in terms of, Eight and one teams looking at you know kind of the, uh, the the really the entire NFL the totality of the history of the league of teams who have gone eight and one since the Super Bowl merger seventy three teams have gone eight and one and the Minnesota Vikings this year's Minnesota Vikings who are eight and one have the second worst point differential 
of all of the teams who have gone eight and one yeah. since the Super Bowl merger in 1970. Take it even further. I went even deeper. They're the 95th eight and one team since 1940. And even if you go deeper, they still have the second worst scoring differential. 94th out of 95 teams. So no matter which way you look at it, exactly. as an eight and one team, they're just one of the weakest eight and one teams we've seen in a while. Not saying that it's not impressive what they've done because they've won in a lot of just kind of unorthodox, strange, weird ways, and you got to find ways to win, and they are doing that. But for me, I think the Cowboys have as good a shot as anybody to knock off these Vikings because they haven't been world beaters. They, that's they, where you stuck, though. Yeah. That's why you look at it and you say, oh, they're 8-1. They're Nobody's even talking about them. Because they started 2-0-2. Oh, right? no, so, oh, oh, sorry. They one started 0-1. Oh, oh, one, one. Right, yeah, 1-1. Yeah, one, yeah, one. yeah, they, they, they started 1-1, one, 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 yeah. and you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, okay. This is what – I think the biggest the biggest answer for it is their quarterback is Kirk Cousins. That could be And it. that's why people don't believe in it. That could be it. Kurt has done his thing, and that's the that's the other part of it. We keep disrespecting Kurt, but he keeps winning, and he keeps betting on himself. He does, and he's he's putting his team in a position to be eight and one. I mean, what more can you ask for? Think about it. How many other teams would love to be in that position right now? Eight and one. I don't care how ugly we got to eight and one. That's putting us in a position to be in the playoffs. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. That's putting us in a position right now to have a home field advantage yeah and now we're tied with a team another team that people were questioning for a while as their undefeatedness is the philadelphia eagles how many times we see on our specs text line the eagles hadn't played anybody the yeah. eagle just a team that was being disrespected eight and one yeah still give them their flowers that's true yeah. now you can only you can only uh control yes. you know your own uh, controllables. You can only control the teams that are on your schedule. You can only play those teams that are on your schedule. You've got to find a way to win. Uh, Kirk Cousins, though, to your point, he is different. He's led five fourth-quarter comebacks in 2022. That's the most in a season in his career. Um, Still prior, ain't put no respect on him. No, prior to, <laughs> prior to this season, um, he was 12-36-2 in fourth quarter comeback opportunities and now he's five and oh so there is something different happening with Kirk Cousins too um but by Justin the way Justin Jefferson but he's Dalvin his, Cook his stats aren't great right Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson out of making the, plays for out of the eight seasons he's had as a full-time starter his 2022 ranks are last of all the major categories completion percentage touchdown pass rate yards per attempt passer rating QBR Interception rate, sack rate. Uh, these are all like the worst marks in his career. Yeah. And yet his team is doing better than ever. It's almost like you de if you de-emphasize Kirk Cousins, less of Kirk Cousins, and the extra team does better. But he, there's no question he's been clutch in clutch moments. Yes. When they've needed when him, they need him he down the stretch up. in the yeah. fourth quarter. And that is where the Cowboys, if this is, again, a one-possession game, this is where a Micah Parsons, Stephon Diggs, um, not, yeah, Trayvon Diggs, excuse me. I was like, Stephon, that's the other one. That's, all, that's, that's the brother. The brother. That's yeah, the brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs, that's where that defense for the Dallas Cowboys has to make a bigger play. Yep. They have to be able to say, you know what, we're going to lock this down. We're going to take this away from Kirk Cousins so he doesn't have that ability. 
I agree with you. And Justin Jefferson, it, I can't believe he doesn't get more hype. But I, J, J. Run Curse did say early this week he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Guys, he is 88 yards away from setting the all-time receiving record for a receiver to have the most receiving yards in the first three seasons. Right. So if he gets 88 yards versus the Cowboys, he will uh, have the most receiving yards for any receiver in NFL history through his first three seasons. Right now he's behind Odell Beckham Jr., who had 4,122 in 43 games, and he's behind Randy Moss, who had 4,163 in 48 games. Right now he's at 4,076 in 42 games. Wow. So he can end up breaking that record and doing it in fewer games than Randy Moss and in doing it in the same amount of games as Odell Beckham Jr. He's, he's a beast. He's I mean, a beast. He, and, and the thing about Ooh. it is we've been talking about Jamar Chase for so long. We've been looking at some of the other wide receivers, and maybe it's because he's been in Minnesota that we hadn't paid attention, but every week you see him doing the gritty. You see hey. him in that end zone getting yep. his thing, yep. getting it going. And last week's catch, the defensive back was like, you just got to knock the ball down. I didn't think there was any way that he could catch the ball. Nobody you did. best believe that dude, if he gets his hands close to it, he's making a play. Yeah. No, you're right. He That, that catch, that was iconic. I yeah. mean, that was – I would, nobody, no football fan will ever forget that catch. <laughs> uh, you can see it replay in your head, man. And you go look at the numbers since Minnesota, since 2020, I should say, since he's become their marquee uh, number one wide receiver. When he has 100 yards receiving, they're 15 and five since 2020. When he has less than 70 yards receiving, they're four and nine since 2020. Yeah. So he is a lock crucial. him up. You know who to take away. And Trevon Diggs did a good job when they faced him. What was that last year? Yeah, they did. Did a good job. Remember, that was when Cooper Rush made his uh, game-winning drive. Yeah. Made uh, that pass to CeeDee Lamb. But here's the question. Is this emergence of Justin Jefferson, is this the reason why Adam Thielen's numbers have now kind of dissipated? He's not that guy anymore. He's well, not yeah. been a feature anymore. Like, you haven't heard Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen was a fantasy football uh, star. Now people are like, ah, I don't know. And it's because Justin Jefferson. He's also older, too. But he, Justin Jefferson now has emerged. I know, as but I think he's a little older. It's father time, too. And he wasn't like an elite athlete at wide receiver. Well, but he was that go to, that, that guy that you could hit. Until they the found slot. a better one. Yeah, they, got, they definitely found a better one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I know, you're right. He's I'm still not... second on the team. He's, not, he's, yeah. you know, he's got 43 receptions. He's just not the number one guy anymore. He's not the feature guy yeah. like they were he's before. He's not the number one. I mean, they, Justin Jefferson is. Yeah, he's 32 years old. He's older, and, uh, and, uh, and I, don't, I don't think his best day in his prime, he's not close to what Justin oh, no. Jefferson is no, even no. right now. No. So I think that's part of it. They just truly upgraded. Nothing wrong with it. They still keep him there because yeah. he's going to make plays for him. He knows the offense really no. well. He has chemistry <laughs> with Kirk Cousins, but. Yeah, man, Justin Jefferson is. We're talking about Randy Moss type numbers yeah, in his first time. three years. Yeah. That is some freaky stuff. Um, but, you know, looking at the Minnesota offense, even with Justin Jefferson, and he is a freak, and we just talked about Dalvin Cook, too. He's one of the better running backs in the league. Yes, he is. Um, he's the eighth ranked rusher, I think, right now. Uh, and so I think he's got 727 yards somewhere around there. The Minnesota offense is not necessarily a barn burner. It's not no, elite. No. They are they're 
if you look at their 15th in yards per drive, 11th in points per drive, 17th on third downs, 12th in the red zone, they're just they're okay. They're yeah. an average they're, offense. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not like you said. They're not world beaters. That's no. why people are looking at them and saying, ah. This is probably the weakest eight and one team that we've ever seen. You know how it's happening though. I, it, Minnesota, this is the is, and the Cowboys remember this from last year. Minnesota has eighteen takeaways, second only to Philly. So the Cowboys' number one objective in this matchup with Minnesota: take care of the football. Yes, they've been feasting on turnovers, getting easy fields, short fields. As a matter of fact, speaking of. So those 18 takeaways that uh, Minnesota has, which is second only to Philadelphia, that's led to a lot of easy uh, scoring drives for them, short fields for them. They have 17 drives that started in the opposing team's territory. That's the second most in the NFL behind the Patriots, first with 18. So 17 drives have started in opposing territory. Watch that against the Cowboys. That's That's hidden yardage. That's field position. If Minnesota is forcing turnovers and getting short fields, Minnesota could end up keeping this winning streak alive. Here's a, here's a plus for the Cowboys when you look at what's going on. You were talking about that the differential, right? Kirk Cousins has a bad record against the Cowboys. He is 2-8 and eight against the Cowboys. But it wasn't all his fault. He had a 101 passer rating. But the fact of the matter is, he is two and eight as the starting quarterback against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. So the including losing last year to Cooper Rush. Yeah, you know. So yep. so the Cowboys kind of know what Kirk Cousins is as a quarterback. Now Dan Quinn has an opportunity to see him again and try to flip the script on him, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think we all thought we knew what Kirk Cousins was as a quarterback, but this year he's a little bit different. He's a little different this year, a little and different. I think it's more about the clutch. Like I said, statistically, he's not doing much more than he's been doing in previous years, but in clutch time, five fourth-quarter comebacks, that's not like Kirk Cousins. Prior to this season, he had only had 13, sorry, 12 uh, fourth-quarter comebacks uh, in his career. He was 12-36-2, and two, actually, with those opportunities, and now he's 5-0. The man's feeling it, man. Yeah. He's got the clutch gene right now, and it's working out really well for him. They just really believe they can win down to the wire. That Buffalo game, yeah. I mean. I mean, they that were was, on the goal line, and then they were on the goal line, and then they were on the goal line. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy that was that, that was one of the most – that was probably one of the more unlikeliest wins for a team in NFL history. Yeah. I and, wanted to the, see what that number was, the win probability I know. that. I, I didn't get a chance yeah. to look at it, but yeah. I know this. So, basically – you can't find another example in NFL history of a defense taking the field in the final 50 seconds with no more than one timeout trailing and still winning the game. Let, let alone being on the goal line. Yeah, because Minnesota's went basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically, the Bills, that, that was the worst fumble uh, like uh, in a clutch situation probably that you've ever seen. Awful. I mean, that game should have been over. It was a yes, done deal. Yes, and they messed up my parlay. Uh, <laughs> messed up Definitely my parlay messed up too. my parlay. Um, but, yeah, man, <laughs> Vikings are 8-1. And, and, yeah, it's, like I said, it's just a very unlikely 8-1 if you look at the way it's happened all throughout the season. But the Cowboys, they should have beat the, the Packers. They were up by 14 points at one point in that game, and that was the first loss in Cowboys history where they had a 14-point lead um, going into the fourth quarter.
and never lost history. To that point in history. One ninety five and now one. Yeah, exactly. And playoffs are regular season. And playoffs are regular season. So, but listen, the biggest issue for the Cowboys, we all know what it is. Everybody knows what it is. It's the elephant in the room. It's the rush defense. Yep. Can the Cowboys stop the run? And it's that's why that I'm mad that Dominican Sue signed with the Philadelphia Eagles because they addressed their run defense and the Cowboys did Oof. it one time. They addressed They needed man. to do it two times. They haven't, they haven't stopped. Exactly. They haven't stopped building that roster all year long. That's what they Howard really Roseman haven't. says. You know what I'm saying? They've never stopped. Exactly. They, they literally, they've been building that roster ever since the offseason, and they continue to do it. They really got Hassan Reddick. They got, yes. remember, I wanted Kazir White, and they end up did. signing up. wanting him for the Cowboys. They got Bradbury, the corner. They got C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the D.B., Got Robert Quinn, the edge. Yeah. They basically remake the whole damn defense this yeah. year. Linville Joseph, and uh, now they got Nadama King Sue. Yeah, Linville Joseph just came this week. He came on Wednesday. He came on with Sue. They got Sue on Thursday. Oh, yeah, you're right. Same week. <laughs> I'm like, man. Oh, we're going to address both of these things today. And that's on top of the draft, bringing right. in guys like Jordan Davis. Yes. And, dude, they've just been, whew. We going for it. They going all in. And I ain't scared. All of in, yeah. all caps. I love and it. ain't mad at them. Love but the it. issue for the Cowboys, it's all about rush defense. How about this stat hard? This is mind blowing when I did this research and found this old nugget. So this is just the third time, at least the last game against the Packers, just the third time in the last twenty years the Cowboys have allowed a back to back two hundred yard rushing games. If they allow a third two hundred yard rushing game to the Vikings. It'll be the it'll be all, it'll be the first time since the inaugural season in 1960 that the Cowboys have allowed three straight 200 yard performances. Man, we need days. to get rid of Dan Quinn. No, 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 no. No, no, it's just rare though. <laughs> I'm it, it, it's but it shows you the obvious yeah, Achilles yeah. heel of the Cowboys. Like it, there's no doubt about. They're 26 in yards per rush allowed, 28 in run stop uh, win rates. Uh, they are. Uh, Third, uh, 30th, I believe, in 10-plus yard plays allowed, uh, 29th in rush defense. Either way you look at it, they're just they really below average. Not even that. They're bad rush defense. Yeah, they're, I was going to say. It's a bad rush No defense. matter how many numbers you throw out there. It's a bad rush The bottom defense. line is they terrible they, they, yeah, they bad. run defense. It's a bad rush defense. Yeah. They got to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk some more Cowboys, though. We'll get back into that matchup coming to the top of the 6 o'clock. Remember, off early for the flex at uh, 6.30. Um, and we'll also uh, get to what you got coming up for the folks on Harsh Knock Life Action. We got we Lifetime Longhorn Fozzie Whitaker hey jumping on with us. We're going to talk a little UT. And he's got an event coming up next week. So he wanted to talk about that. But most importantly, we're going to talk a little – Texas football and what to expect this weekend as they take on the Jayhawks. What'd you say? Yard bird. Let's get that yard bird, get man. That yard get that bird. yard bird. I love it. Um, all right. Uh, let me tell you real quick before we go to break here about my friends over at Orchard and their win-win program, folks. We know here in Austin it is a really competitive housing market, one of the most competitive housing markets in the country, and the average home sells for over the asking price, and Orchard wants you to take advantage of uh, that, that, that really hot housing market, that competitive housing market. They call it their win-win program, and here's how it works. It's really simple. So first, my friends at Orchard are going to make you a solid guaranteed cash offer on your home, and they're not 
trying to lowball you. We're talking about a real solid guaranteed cash offer, one that reflects the market value of your home in one of the most competitive housing markets in the country. So not only are they going to handle uh, the listing of your home, the upgrades, and the showing of your home, but they're going to guarantee the sale of it. And when your home sells for more than uh, they offered you, you're going to keep the upside. You keep the extra. That's right, folks. That's the extra win. That's the other win, right? So not only are they going to guarantee the sale of your home, handle the listing, handle uh, the showing, handle the upgrades, basically handle all the headaches of selling your home, and they're going to guarantee the sale of it. When it sells for more than they offered you, you're going to keep the extra. You're going to keep the upside. That's what they call their win-win program. So reach out to Orchard right now and take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to receive maximum value for your old home without all the hassles of selling it yourself. That's Orchard.com, O-R-C-H-A-R-D.com, Orchard.com. All right, we'll come back. We got Harsh Knock Life on the other side. Got Lifetime Longhorn Fozzie Whitaker joining us right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speech, my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Harbaugh Hards. We are on location. We are at the Twin Peaks off of 35 and Stastny. My man Rob Babers has been holding it down with me. Oh, shizzle. Derek Macy, they've been holding it down as well. Uh, we love it. And you can hit us up on Twitter, at Harbaugh Hards. You can follow my man, at Rob Babers. And you can follow Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, he's a lifetime Longhorn. He's the co-host of Big 12 Radio on Sirius XM. You can see him on LHM, uh, pregame, postgame, and, you know, he's, he's got a superhero kind of thought to him. And my man, Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie, how you doing, buddy? My fellas, what is going on, man? I'm having a great day so far. Looking forward to seeing what Texas can do tomorrow against Kansas. But all is good in my world, brother. I'm glad to hear it. Before we get into all that, Fozzie, I got a chance to uh, check out the Moody Center. Um, watching Gonzaga come into town and Texas put that, as my man Rob Babers likes to say, that Old Testament-style butt-whooping on them this past weekend, uh, this past week. And I got a chance. You were sitting right behind the Texas bench. What was that atmosphere like sitting behind the bench and being around all them rowdy fans? Man, that first off, that stadium, that arena, man, it is truly amazing what went down with the creation of it. Um, all the, the pomp and circumstance that went around the game itself, but just the, the facility is it, top of the art, man. It's, it's top of the line whenever you're looking at a, a great place to be able to, to establish as your home court advantage. And, man, it just everybody showed up. Uh, the student sections were extremely wild. 
including the other student athletes that were there in attendance. The balloons were going crazy. You saw the signs, man. You would have thought it was a uh, college game day there, the way that the uh, <laughs> atmosphere seemed so wired up. But, man, it was truly, truly fun atmosphere. Uh, like you said, that, that butt whooping was in full effect against Gonzaga. And just the the kind of the, the feeling that I came away from after that team came away with the dub in the dramatic fashion that they did, it was like this is the season for Chris Beard and this basketball team to really take hold of the conference and, and find a way to shoot themselves into that national conversation on a on a hopefully yearly basis. But, man, it was truly amazing to see the way that they went out there and played together uh, and fed off of that energy. Yeah, it was it was truly unbelievable. Rod and I got a chance to uh, take it all in as well, and we came away kind of – probably word for word for what you were saying as far as the excitement and what we could believe in while watching this basketball team. Now let's take it to the football field. Uh, Last week was not something that we expected to see. You know, you were talking about, hey, you probably thought college game day was there. College game day was there last week. Um, It was a perfect opportunity for everyone that was in attendance to see this team go out there, and they absolutely laid a dud. Now, the defense did not lay a dud. The offense (laughs) laid a dud. The defense showed up, and as an offensive-minded player, I know that you were probably over there just kind of wondering what the heck happened. What did happen, and what does Texas need to do this week to get back on track? Yeah, honestly, from from my perspective, whenever I broke down the game, and I've watched it a, a few times now, just trying to figure out the flow of the game, and I've watched it just from offensive plays, and then I watched it from full beginning to the end, including the defense and special team plays, just so I can try to understand some of the things that were that were ongoing to cause kind of the the mishaps of what this Texas offense was struggling with, and man. The, the biggest thing that I came away with is, number one, the line of scrimmage was lost from the jump. Yep. And, and I say yep. that because the very first play that Texas tried to, to, to utilize, TCU's defensive line and linebackers set the tone immediately. And that was something that obviously they wanted to do. Uh, their defense statistically doesn't have, like, the best stats. They're not the most dominant. They're not Iowa State within the conference. They're not Kansas State within the conference, but what they have been is very consistent uh, throughout the course of the season, and that was always flying around and being physical at the point of attack, and that did not change against this Texas offense, and I think that was something that the offensive linemen and tight ends, as well as the running backs, wasn't necessarily prepared for in that moment with the plays that were being called, and that just, it just set the tone whenever TCU came out and just was firing on all cylinders. Uh, stopping the run initially and then trying to create pressure within the pocket to make Quinn Ewers feel uncomfortable. And then the second thing uh, that I noticed, and this one is quite glaring, is whenever you're struggling offensively, you cannot have drops. And we saw two drops, two huge drops from Xavier Worthy. We saw two drops for Jatavian Sanders. We saw another from Jaleel Billingsley, like, Everybody took turns finding a way to, to kind of stifle any momentum that was trying to be had within this Texas offense. And two of those drops would have resulted in first down and uh, keeping the drive alive. But ultimately, man, it, it just too many people took turns basically messing up, and that allowed this Texas 
offense to kind of stay out of rhythm and it allowed TCU to continue to feel good about themselves and uh, keep playing fast and building momentum even though they were the away team. And then the third thing that I saw that Texas typically doesn't do was, was they got away from getting the ball to Bijan. Uh, and from a personal standpoint, as a running back, I feel like Bijan is, is the best running back in the country and not just running the ball, but also in space, no matter how you can get to him. And I thought uh, the offense lacked a little creativity, finding ways to get Bijan the ball uh, in space against some one-on-one opportunities, whether it's with a linebacker or safety, uh, just getting him involved more, especially in the second half. So I think those three things was kind of the downfall of what Texas football on the offensive side looked like. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty wild when we went back and looked at the uh, the stat sheet and the box score, you know, that basically Bijan had zero targets in the game, Fozzie. Not one target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be- yeah, that was very disappointing. Okay, let me ask you this. I know. Yeah, say, save it. Save it. Save it there, Fozzie. I already know. I, 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 can, I feel you getting worked up over there. Uh, but let me ask you this. We know Quinn is struggling a little bit, right, growing pains. Texas has to go on the road again in a hostile environment. I hate to say it, it up there in Lawrence, Kansas with the Jayhawks, but it'll be pretty hostile. They're hyped for this team. Uh, first bowl team they've had in a really long time. The offense is coming off of one of their worst performances that they've had in a while. Uh, only three points in the last four quarters. Hell, six points in the last six quarters for this Texas yeah. offense. How many total rushes or touches? Oh, how about both? Give me rushes and touches for you. <laughs> for Bijan in the game versus Kansas, give give it to me if you were Sark. It's funny. It's funny because we got a game day guarantee about this exact thing for Longhorn Network, which is our like fun <laughs> little pregame yeah. little deal that we go back and forth on. Uh, but for me, it, it's kind of similar to the same fashion that Bijan kind of was, was abandoned against the Oklahoma State game, right? If you remember, yep. they lose that game late because the inability to run the ball and the inability of Quinn Ewers to complete passes consistently, especially on third down. And you got a quarterback that struggled mightily, goes 19 for 49, and Bijan has minimum amount of carries, and then he loses the rhythm, and then obviously uh, the big turnover at the end, uh, which basically sealed the fate for what the Texas offense was trying to get accomplished. And then right after that game, you back going, you go on the road, to Kansas State. Now, there was a bye week, but it still was the, the following game. And then Bijan has 30 carries. And it's like yep. you abandoned them in the second half of Oklahoma State, and then now you double down on what you probably thought could have been a, a bigger opportunity that was lost. Now you're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. And so he gives Bijan the ball more than enough time uh, to make sure that Texas ensures the victory. Even though it's close, they still ensures the victory against Kansas State. And then you come back this week, and now you only got 12 touches for Bijan with none uh, coming on the receiving end of things. I think Sark doubled down. I think, for me, I said it was going to be 27 carries. Um, I think it'll be no less than that because of what he's probably heard in some of these press conferences. And then whenever he looks back and sees probably the box score, and he's already broken down film and broken down ways that, they will be able to attack Kansas's defense. I mean, Texas Tech had a field day last week running the ball. <laughs> yeah. They had four different players with rushing touchdowns. The quarterback and all three running backs that played in that game, and they all went over 250 yards total rushing. Uh, and that's something that probably Steve Sarkeesian wants to mimic 
was the success that Texas Tech had on the ground game because ultimately that allowed them to control the clock, time of possession, as well as finish the game whenever they needed to put the game away. So I can see no less than 27 carries for Bijan on tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's game just from the standpoint of got to feed it more to him, and then that's also probably one of the keys to get a victory against a, a good rushing attack that Kansas has on the opposite side of the ball. We're talking to lifetime Longhorn, Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie, before we let you go, man, I wanted to ask you about this. You have a, a Fozzie's Turkey Frenzy that is happening this week, and yes, uh, you're going to be giving some turkeys away. It's part of you, your work with the BAM Foundation, and I wanted to reach out to you and find out a little bit more about what's going on with uh, Fozzie's Turkey Frenzy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my nonprofit, Fozzie's Future Heroes, along with uh, Bam Fam Foundation, uh, both nonprofits decided to link up with Luby's, um, and we're giving out turkeys at both Luby locations within the Austin area, uh, 4 to 5 p.m. at one of the Luby locations, and then uh, 6 to 7 p.m. at the other Luby's location. Uh, any families that are needing assistance with finding food or dinner or looking for a turkey. They're already pre-cooked, frozen, ready to go. Um, you can come meet us at any one of those Luby locations during that time frame, uh, and we'll be able to, to get you a turkey and hopefully help those that are in need because ultimately uh, you all know uh, I'm going to try to embody being a selfless individual. Uh, and, yep. man, any way I can give back into the community, especially during the time um, where it's focused on Thanksgiving, giving to others, having thanks, uh, family, friends, camaraderie, all of those things, and then couple that with football. Uh, it, it's just a wonderful time, and I want everybody to be able to experience that. So um, we'll be doing that on Tuesday, November 22nd, like I said, 4 to 5 p.m., and then 6 to 7 p.m. at the other location, and uh, hopefully just trying to bring some smiles to people during this holiday season. That's what it's all about. You, you can beat him at – 1410 East Anderson Lane um, at 4 to 5, from 4 to 5, that Luby's, and then at the 415 West Slaughter Lane location from 6 to 7. Fozzie, as always, man, hopefully them horns can pull it out, and we appreciate, as always, your input. And by the way, congratulations on being the new face and the brand ambassador for KB Custom Pools, baby. Huh. I appreciate that, man. Thank y'all so much, man. Hopefully the horns get that dub. I'll be excited. It's going to be cold one, too, so y'all bundle up while watching and bundle up here in Austin as well. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. There he is. Lifetime Longhorn, Fozzie Whitaker, breaking it down for you. Make sure I'll post it on my uh, Twitter, at Harbaugh Harge, his uh, Fozzie's Turkey Frenzy. That will be happening Tuesday, November 22nd. Nice. Four to five at the Austin Anderson location. And – Five, uh, six to seven at the slaughter location. Lubies. Okay. Lubies. Yeah. Man, Lubies. Lubies. Yeah. Old school. I, I know, I know they, the Lubies are they're shutting down a lot of them, right? But these two, he's going to be helping oh, them man. out with. I'm sad about that. Yeah, because you know you got to get that Lubies. Luan platter. Get that Luan. Oh, <laughs> nice, man. What's your go-to? My go-to, I get the chopped steak. was off the chain. Always Chicken good. fried steak. I'm a brown gravy man. But, That's hey, what I was going to say. I'm they not a racist brown. about my gravy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am glad y'all got white gravy, but I prefer the brown. Yeah. Oh, man, mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can always get that. That roll, man. And then that, that roll, you never – you I'm have ashamed. to – Every time you step in there, you got to get a roll. Got to get – oh, I get a couple But there's of. no reason for you to go if there's I get, not. I, tr- I try to flirt with the lady at the front so See I can get, get a free two. roll. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, every now and then you flirt with her, she be Especially like – Especially when you come in there with that smile. She won't even charge you for that roll. <laughs> you know, like, go ahead. You had that free oh, that's, roll. Be that's, like, that's RB. Uh-huh. That's RB. Uh-huh. Yeah, they always uh, – trust me. They're usually old, so they'll take a compliment, man. Oh, they'll take every time. I grew up in Luby's, though. Hey, we all did, I grew bro. Up, man, I, I, yeah, man, you didn't grow up in Luby's. Didn't Westlake used to get pregame meals at Luby's? That's huh, right. Yeah. Todd Dodge would take him on the road. Oh, and they get, they get dressed and everything in Luby's. <laughs> it's a game changer. That is awesome. It's a game changer. They don't do that anymore because I guess it's not enough Luby's. I don't know. we got to ask Salazar. Oh, man. That, you know what? That might you be You know the key. what? Salazar might be that dude, too. Salazar, hey, he, he old he's a guy like that, too, man. That might be the key to the drill, man. That might be why they got that 50-some game right. in a row. <laughs> that connection to Luby's, baby. Good, hearty, good food, That's man. That's right. My pops, used to, my pops was so cheap. We used to go to Luby's. And, a in, and you know they have the drinks up there? So you can grab like drink, Coke, yeah, or yeah. lemonade, ice and water, lemonade. But they were like, hell no, you get a lemonade. Grab some of them free lemons and get some sugar at the table. <laughs> and he would force make the whole own. family to make lemonade at yeah. the table. Hey, you learn how to survive right there, baby. <laughs> you learn how oh, to survive. Oh, I was survive. mad as a kid, but then I realized like my lemonade was better than that lemonade they yeah, had up there. Exactly. I got it one time. I was like, this lemonade is terrible. <laughs> my homemade lemonade was always better. All right, we'll come right Love back. It. We're live from Twin Peaks. Uh, getting, the re- getting the weekend started a little bit early. We'll come back, get to off the record on this side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The DD Mega Doo-Doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Alright, welcome back. To ball don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, time for our off the record here. I got a couple of stories that I want to hit if we have enough time. We may not, though, and we can hit it up in the other off the record. Okay, Harge, you do have a daughter. Yep. Is she a Taylor Swift fan yet? No. So I'm lucky. Damn, you're lucky. I'm very lucky. I mean, have you guys heard about this disaster, this fuster cluck going on with Taylor Swift and her new uh, tour that will – uh, it, it, it is a tour that's happening, the Eras Tour. Yep. Uh, but Ticketmaster, apparently, and Ticketmaster's got some own issues. Like people are con- accusing them of you know, trying to become a monopoly, and uh, they're asking the government potentially to break up Ticket uh, Ticketmaster. But anyway, Ticketmaster announced earlier this week they were canceling uh, general public sale of Taylor Swift tour tickets after seeing a historically unprecedented demand for them. Right. So this is what they tweet. This is what they tweeted out. Due to extraordinarily high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift, uh, the Eras Tour, has been canceled. Canceled. They tweeted that out like 24 hours ago. Uh, the move comes as no surprise. Apparently, they were experiencing such high volume that they cr- crashed the site earlier uh, this week. The mega ticket company is facing scrutiny after Swifties were met with website outages and hours-long waits 
while purchasing Eras Tour tickets Tuesday. Uh, and apparently there are state attorney generals and state officials that are getting involved in this stuff. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, that's unbelievable, especially when you start thinking about how it looks and what it when you start looking at the online. People were sitting online for like hours. I want to say Chad was in this. He was in, in this queue Chad or whatever. Like there. he was waiting in this group of people. Yeah. Yeah, and then I saw this too, Rod. And to stay with the uh, story, Taylor Swift is playing Allegiant Stadium uh, in Las Vegas, okay, where the Raiders play. Tickets in section 116, row 39, $94,000 <laughs> each for two tickets. Are you serious? Two tickets. What is happening? Are we? What is happening, people? What well, is going on? Well, first off, in the seats I, I looked, they're not great seats. They're not like you're right look, up you're, front on I, the. I better be in the dressing room for ninety-four thousand. Oh yeah, she better be sweating on me. Exactly. I want some Taylor Swift sweat. Ninety-four thousand dollars, bro. That is crazy. And apparently, the CEO, um, uh, he said, Live Nation Chairman uh, Greg Maffei, I believe is his name. Um, he claims that it's Taylor Swift's fault. Why? That. That basic chairman of Ticketmaster, he claims it's Taylor Swift's fault that they've had outages and that basically their servers have crashed. He says she didn't go on the road and go on tour for four years, so the demand got too high because she basically kept the public. Man, don't be blaming <laughs> she, her. She starved the public. You should have her talent for so power. long. She starved the public. Now everybody. But I will say, dude, she is. It's hard to say somebody else is um, I don't hotter know. than her. Well, it's more, on a tour. Can, can claim being a pop queen right. more than she is. I know maybe she's going to say she's a pop artist, but whatever. But uh, maybe, maybe Beyonce. I was going to say, did the Beehive have something to say about Beyonce this? Beyonce probably can get in that conversation, but it ain't many. It ain't, there ain't many artists out there, period. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That can bring these kind of numbers. Especially when you think about that. What? I just $94,000 for one ticket. Like, that is, was each. I don't understand. Maybe I got to start listening to Taylor Swift more. I'm going to do this. No, I'm serious. I got to figure out what the you big deal do is. The science? I'm missing something. Yeah. I've listened to some of her songs, but for this kind of obsession, I got to be missing something. I don't know so. if I, I don't know if I would ever spend that much time listening to T Swift. She's obviously talented. She's obviously extremely talented. She writes her own music. Every song and she is always, about a breakup. Yeah, she takes like her real life drama. And then she's able to intrinsically kind of turn that and materialize that into basically pop songs. Yeah. Right? Into yeah. art form. Yeah. I, I think that's talent, but now I got to go back and check it out, and maybe I'm missing something, man. It's that, gonna, you're going to be online for a long time trying to download it for your Apple Music. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a while, huh? It's going to take a The demand is really high. Yeah, hard. apparently, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you might be SOL trying yeah. to see Taylor that's Swift. That's what it sounds like. Thank God my wife is not a Taylor Swift fan, and I don't have a daughter, so I ain't got to worry about that. My wife is a Beyonce fan. She does, she does love yeah. Beyonce. My, uh, my daughter's young, so she has zero idea she'll find one unfortunately not to. she'll, fi yeah. <laughs> she'll find already, one of those artists maybe i'm trying to figure out if i'm gonna send you to college or taylor swift <laughs> <laughs> you gotta choose <laughs> you and unfortunately <laughs> i think they may choose she the latter yeah, yeah. Exactly. i'll take taylor swift exactly That's cool. yeah I don't need i'll get a scholarship, I'll get a scholarship. <laughs> right? I'll, get a scholarship. I'll be an influencer yeah. I don't need a scholarship. <laughs> all right we'll come right back we'll get into texas kansas preview on the other side right here on ball don't lie 104.9 the horn